You know, it's so wonderful that we can be led by the Spirit of God. Every one of us, if you're a child of God, and if you are filled with the Spirit, you are led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that He leads us. I want to ask you this question. What is God saying to you at this point in your life? He's faithful to let you hear His voice. He's faithful to lead you. Just become sensitive to what the Lord may have in recent days, in recent weeks, been saying to you. He is your counselor. He is your guide. He is the one called alongside to help you. And sometimes I find that God speaks to us and He directs us, but maybe don't respond and pay attention as we should but the moment you begin to respond and pay attention to what God has said you experience the fruitfulness and the blessing that comes from that so I want to say to you it's important that we follow the leading of the Spirit of God thank you Lord that you clarify things that you've said to people recently you put a determination in their spirit that they would believe your word and that they would respond to that. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask the pastors if they would come and stand along the front here. The pastors to come and stand along and uh, any of our shepherds that would like to join as well. So just as the music's playing in the background, let's also have some strings as well. Um, so this is, this is what I have a sense of. I, I have a sense that we need to pray for people here that uh, you have been having a wrestle with fear in this time. You've been having a wrestle with fear. It's one of the greatest weapons that the enemy uh, tries to bring against the people of God is he tries to bring fear. And so I just want to have an opportunity that the pastors can pray for you. Each one will keep their mask on. And because you have your mask on, I feel it's, uh, it's okay to, to pray for you just at an arm's distance. And so we want to pray and uh, just agree that uh, any fear that has been trying to hold on to your heart or your mind or your life would be broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I believe that many, 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 many people have been struggling in this area. And so I'd like to invite you. We're a family together. Don't be shy. Uh, if you feel that that's something that you would like to just have the past, each pastor just, uh, well, one of the pastors pray for you, pastor's wife, etc. shepherd. Can I invite you to come to the front right now, please? just stand up and move past anybody that's in your way they won't mind so if you'd like to be prayed for come to the front right now and this is specifically a prayer that we're trusting that God would break fear break fear that has been trying to come against the Lord's people have the liberty don't be shy don't be shy even if you're just struggling a little bit with that at this point in time come and stand at the front and face the stage please Anybody else? Come on, take this opportunity. If you're having a little wrestle with fear, why wrestle anymore? Let God deal with it. Let God 
minister into that area right now. Anybody else that wants to come and the pastors can begin to pray right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Maybe you'd like to just extend your hand and pray over the people that are in the front. Thank you that fear has been broken now in Jesus' name. Fear has been broken. God, you've not given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. anyone listening as well we pray Lord that instead of fear would come the love of the Father let the love of the Father come His, His love removes fear we take authority over the spirit of fear it is foreign in the heart of the child of God we take authority over the spirit of fear broken in Jesus name that torment broken in Jesus' name. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your love, Lord. It drives out every fear. Love of Father, it drives out every fear. The love of the Father drives out every fear. Ooh, it drives out every fear. Lord, for anyone else seated here, maybe they didn't maybe have the courage to come forward, but they are struggling with fear. In the name of Jesus, I declare over every person's life here, any stronghold of fear, we break its power in the name and the power and the authority of Jesus. Fear be gone. Peace be restored. Let the love of God, the love of God be restored. Thank you, Jesus. Entrepreneur, just stand a little bit closer. So, I just want to pray for you. Uh, I sense the, the Lord tell me that there was uh, quite a lot of brokenness in your life in the past, in the earlier years, and that God has progressively been doing a work of healing. Uh, there was brokenness in, in, in maybe your childhood and your younger years, and uh, the Lord 
has been restoring you and he is continuing to restore you. And I believe that your life will be a testimony of somebody who really is walking in the wholeness of God, walking in the fullness of God. I believe that there will be times where maybe family members around you in your broader family would not believe the work that the Lord has done in, their, in, in your life. I also believe that, um, that the Lord, uh, He is calling you to be an influencer, an influencer. And uh, you are entrepreneurial and so on, and I just bless that gifting in your life. But I believe that uh, the Lord is going to cause uh, greatness to, to be upon you. Uh, you will become known in the type of work that you do, and God will raise you, God will elevate you. I believe that there will even one day be uh, times where you are asked to tell people and share at conferences what, uh, what God has done and how He's led you and enabled you to be successful. And so I believe that the brokenness of the past, that God has, has removed that, He's increasing the healing on your life, and I believe that there will be a tremendous success in the things that you put your hand to. So I bless my brother, I bless Bongani in Jesus' name, and I pray that you would just flow through him right now. Now, Bongani, you just receive from the Lord. Receive as he fills you right now. Thank you, Lord, that you fill my brother in Jesus' name. Thank you from just to stay on the ground there. Thank you, Lord, from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet, that this is a day in which you have an appointment with him. You have an appointment with him in Jesus' name. Thank you that where people said he would never amount to anything, you will do remarkable work in his life. Um, Megan, can I pray for you, please? Megan, would you come and stand down here? Just want to be obedient to the Lord. Isn't it lovely how prophecy brings life? Amen. Prophecy brings life. Great. Just stand over here. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for, for Megan, for her tender heart towards you. And um, Megan, I have a sense that uh, in your younger years that um, there were people who spoke things over you which were not right, which were negative, and were entirely outside of the plan of God. And um, some of those things have all been dealt with and so on. But I just believe that God affirms you today as his daughter. And he affirms that those lies that were spoken over your life are entirely powerless. They are powerless. And, uh, and we reckon those lies and those judgments that were spoken against you in your younger years. Uh, we recognize those lies as powerless over you in Jesus' name. And I believe that God is declaring wonderful things over you. And more and more, I see you coming into agreement with that full destiny. I believe that, uh, that, that you are in a season of flowering before the Lord, and you are discovering yourself in a new way. I also have a picture of different colored flowers that uh, the Lord causes to begin to bloom. I believe you are a person of great creativity, and you've longed that your creativity would, uh, would be more sort of out there. And I believe that you can mark that this day you will begin to see more blessing on the creativity of your hands and of your music, etc. I bless the creativity that is upon your life. And we declare that the dreams and the destiny that you have on Megan's life will be accomplished in the name of Jesus. 
And we thank you, Lord, that she will experience greater things yet to come. And Lord, I also just believe that you place in your hand upon their marriage in a new way. And uh, I believe that there's going to come a greater, just a beautiful peace in your house in a new way. So thank you, Lord, as I lay my hands on Megan, that you just touch her by your spirit and that you do a work that no human can do. You do a work by your spirit. So Megan, you just receive from your Abba Father. Thank you, Abba Father, for what you do. Thank you, Lord. I also just sense that there's great hunger in your heart. Your hunger is growing. Your hunger is growing. Your hunger for God, your hunger for truth, your hunger for His Word. And God is blessed by that. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, pastors. You can uh, go to your, your seats. Thank you. lovely just to flow with the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Come on, have I lost you somewhere? Amen. How many of you are blessed this morning? Praise God. The presence of the Lord always brings life. His presence brings life. And I felt that it is important that, uh, that there would also be a, a bit of time around God's Word. I'm, um, I'm committed to just flowing with the Spirit of the Lord wherever He leads but I also know the power of the sustaining, the sustaining power of the Word of God. And so that's why I believe that it's important that I, that I also need to, to uh, place a deposit of the Word in these times. But at the same time, if there's times during this week that we don't get to the sharing of the Word, that's also okay, no problem. So uh, uh, please, if you do have your Bible, have a look at Philippians chapter four, please. Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 4 to 7 uh, in a few moments' time. Lord, I just give to you this uh, brief time of sharing your word. I thank you that your word is powerful, that it breaks chains, and that it ministers life in the name of Jesus. Amen. I felt something that is important in these times that we're in for us as believers is that we need to keep rejoicing. <laughs> Both the three of you really got excited about that. You're like, yeah, you were waiting for that. We need to keep rejoicing. We need to keep rejoicing, keep rejoicing. The, the enemy wants to come and take joy away from our hearts. And that is a problem because a Christian who doesn't have the, the joy in ample supply, we find ourselves weak when, when, when the onslaughts of the enemy come. I believe that believers should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. And you know, Jesus on the Mount, as he was doing the Sermon on the Mount, some people have called that the be happy attitudes, the way in which to live your life, that you stay buoyant, that you stay on top, that you stay happy. And so I wanna ask you, as you've been journeying through this time of pandemic, how is your level of rejoicing? Would you think about that for a moment? Have you managed to stay at a really buoyant level in terms of your rejoicing, 
or have you become depleted? Well, if you become depleted, it's okay because I believe that God is gonna restore and strengthen hearts in this week and that's why I'm so keen on having you come tonight and tomorrow and on and on and on and on and uh, if we get over 250, I don't know what we're gonna do. Maybe we'll use some mother's rooms and the foyer and so on but it's so important, I believe, that people are sitting in the presence of God this week, that they are under the influence of the word of God because we've been too much under the influence of the media, too much under the influence of ENCA and CNN and all the doom stuff and all of that, and uh, we've been too much under the influence, but we're not enough under the influence of the Spirit of God, amen? And so we need to keep rejoicing because we don't want the enemy to take our joy, we don't want to give that away because then we end up being very depleted. And so as we're looking at Philippians 4, I just wanna point out to you that Paul is writing from prison. <laughs> he is writing from prison and he is encouraging people who are outside of prison. You would have think it, thought it would have been the other way around. You would have thought that, you know, all the churches, let's send Paul little notes to encourage Paul in prison, because shame. He must be having a tremendously hard time. But no, this man, because he understood something about rejoicing in God, he said, I need to write. I don't know how he got a hold of paper, and I don't know what kind of pens they used in those days. Did he maybe use a feather and an ink pot and papyrus? I don't know. But whatever the case is, I can imagine in prison, in those days, it was not easy to be able to write letters. But here is Paul, he's in prison, but he's a prisoner of hope. <laughs> These bars cannot hold him, and so he's determining in his heart, even in the circumstances that I'm in, I'm gonna encourage the people of God, amen? I'm gonna encourage. And I wanna tell you that even when your circumstances are not that great, I wanna encourage you, stop waiting for your circumstances to change to be a blessing to others. Come on, stop waiting for your circumstances to change to be a blessing to others. You say, well, I'm gonna be kind and be nice and encourage other people when my circumstances change. No, that's not how it works. You begin to do it now when your circumstances are untoward. And you begin to do it and you watch what God will do. And so it says in Philippians 4, verse four to seven, I'm reading from the NIV. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. It's almost like Mufasa, say it again. <laughs> Mufasa, rejoice. <laughs> say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. And sometimes you think, well, Lord, are you serious? Do not be anxious about it. God you lived many years ago, Jesus, on the planet, and, and yeah, but it's still the truth. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, which blows your mind, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I wanna tell you these couple of verses of scripture, if you are truly to meditate on them, they can change your life. These verses can change your life, child of God. I'd just like to read it in the message translation as well. It says, celebrate God all day 
every day, I mean revel in Him. That's rejoicing. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Do you hear that key? Oh, Lord, help us. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Because before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. I like that. God's wholeness coming and settling you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And so I think it is truly wonderful that as we focus on the Lord, instead of our circumstances, He brings about wholeness. He brings about well-being in our lives. And you know, during this pandemic, as you've been focusing on all the scary stuff, you know that you have had worry plague your heart and mind. But Christ is the one who displaces that worry and he brings about the sense of well-being. Now, the first thing I'd like to say to you this morning is choosing to rejoice in the Lord brings wholeness to the soul. <laughs> Let me say that again. Choosing, and you need to take note of that word choosing. Choosing to rejoice in the Lord brings wholeness to your soul. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible teaches us. And it is so wonderful because do you realize that in this passage of Scripture, it holds tremendous benefits for your health and your well-being. You know, uh, there's that Scripture that says a merry heart is like medicine unto the soul. And what happens is as you're rejoicing in the Lord, you have a merry heart and it's like medicine as unto the soul. I heard of somebody the other day, I was chatting with some people, and they mentioned that uh, this person lost a loved one and then basically died of melancholy. I didn't even know that that actually happens these days, but it seems like you can actually die of a heart which is completely, completely sad. But conversely, as you set your affection on the Lord, you can have greater degree of wholeness. And so I'm talking to you about this today because I believe God wants to give you more wholeness at this point in time. The enemy may have been running roughshod over your life, but God restores. He says, he restores our soul, as it says in Psalm 23. And so it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Take note of the fact that Paul repeats himself here. It's as though he wants to give special emphasis to this. I would well believe that Paul had learnt this. Because also later on uh, in, in the same epistle, it says, Paul says, I have learnt the secret of contentment. I'd like to say that, although it doesn't specifically say uh, this, but I would like to say that Paul had also learnt the secret of rejoicing. <laughs> It's a secret which if Christians believe and understand and apply, you end up on a higher plane emotionally. I wanna tell you, it is not God's plan for you to live in despair. God wants you to learn the secret of rejoicing in Him. 
And so Paul uses a similar sort of phrase a couple of times in different of his letters to the church. Uh, here he says rejoice, and, but there's similar phrases that he uses in other passages of Scripture. But I want to tell you, the secret to what we're talking about today is this, rejoice, and here it is, in the Lord. Therein, therein lies the power, rejoice in the Lord. Somebody says, John, I can't rejoice. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the financial strain that me and my wife are under right now. And yes, I may not know or have an inkling as to what you're going through. And I'm not saying to you that you have to necessarily rejoice so much in your circumstances, but uh, we also need to even rejoice in the tough times, the Lord says, and count it all joy when we face trials and testings of different kind. But I'm saying to you, you can always, as a child of God, rejoice in the Lord. Come on. We can always rejoice in the Lord. So even if your circumstances right now are bleak, even if you are facing a boss at work that is uh, like a bully, a boss that is, uh, you know, harsh and mean-spirited and so on, I want to say to you, you can still rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in in the Lord. Even if your circumstances aren't cool, rejoice in the Lord. And so it's amazing here. Paul is in prison and he's telling people outside of prison, he says, rejoice in the Lord. And what does this tell us? It tells us that our inner attitude does not need to reflect our outer circumstances. He's in prison. His outer circumstances aren't good, but his inner attitude is not reflecting the prison but it's reflecting the God who is above all of this. Some people say, well, how do you practically rejoice in the Lord? Well, here's a start. Just say the words. I rejoice in you, Lord. <laughs> Just say those words. I rejoice in you, Lord. Say that with me. I rejoice in you, Lord. Say it a little bit louder. I rejoice in you, Lord. That's the start. But maybe if you say it and you're not feeling it, then you can do this. After saying those words, then you lift your soul up to the Lord and you allow your soul to find its delight in the Lord. You say, lift up your soul to the Lord? Is this something weird and new agey? No, not at all. It says in Psalm 25 verse one, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And so sometimes if you're struggling to rejoice, well, say the words, I rejoice in you, Lord. Then in your heart, just lift up your heart to the Lord, and then you let your soul find its delight in the Lord. I wanna tell you, that causes you to soar. So you say the words, I rejoice in you, Lord. And then you lift up your soul to the Lord, and you allow your soul to find its delight in the Lord and that changes you. It changes your sense of well-being. And like it said in the message, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Before you know it, as you're rejoicing, you begin to have this sense of wholeness coming into your heart, coming into your situation. And you know what? Rejoicing in the Lord is all about finding satisfaction in Jesus. You know, a little bit before my dad went to be with the Lord, my mom, wave mom, 
there's my mama dear, my precious mama, my pretty little mama. My mom began to feel that the Lord was saying to her shortly before my dad passed away. She said, uh, uh, the Lord said to her, find your satisfaction in me. Because she was maybe looking to her husband, she was looking to us as kids for her satisfaction. But you know what? God wants you to look for your satisfaction in Him. And so God prepared my mom, and as a result, when my dad went to be with the Lord, my mom stayed strong in the Lord because she was looking to Him, because her expectation was of Him. And so it's so important that we realize that this thing of rejoicing in the Lord is all about finding satisfaction in Jesus, delighting in Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get a louder amen? amen? Hallelujah. Now, another thing I'd like to say that, which is very important from this passage, is that pray about everything that weighs on your mind. Now, we all have things that weigh on our minds. There is not a person in this room that is not faced with things that uh, confront you, things that you have to decide, how am I gonna deal with it? We all face worries. But the wonderful thing is that God opens up his heart and his arms to us, and he says, child of God, part of what happens in this relationship is that you give things over to me and I help you with them. Because you do not have the strength and the power in and of yourself, to stay on top. That's why I help you. And so part of this thing of keep rejoicing is that we keep giving things to God in prayer. This is very important. Billy Graham said the following. He said, historians will probably call our age the age of anxiety. Sure. He also said this. Anxiety is the natural result when our hopes are centered in anything short of God and His will for us. In other words, the point that he's making here is let your hope be anchored in Christ. Truly, if your hope is anchored in Christ, then you will give something to God. You see, if you don't believe that God is powerful and concerned about your situation, you are likely to pray less. But if you believe that God is who he says he is and that he can do that what he says he can do, then you will more readily pray. And so I wanna encourage you that you would be praying more. Now, uh, I personally have found that during this pandemic time that I have begun to personally pray more than I was praying before. Now, can I ask by a show of hands, how many of you have found that you've been praying more? Raise your hand if that's you. Wow, a number of hands going up. You've been praying more. Well, I guess that's because we've had more things to pray about. <laughs> we've had some stuff to pray about. And so we see the scripture says here, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I'd just like to point out that the Bible does in fact say, do not be anxious about anything. Can I point that out to you? Do not be anxious about anything. Wow. We can live like that. I heard somebody say that worry is like putting a question mark where God has put a full stop. God said it and he's declared it and he's put a full stop and then we questioning 
whether God has really put a full stop there. But you know what? The only way that we can truly avoid anxiety in our lives is if we will truly give it to God in prayer. That is it. That is the key. And so besides for this aspect of rejoicing in the Lord, we have to realize there's another aspect that goes with it. It's an aspect called prayer. It's giving it to God. And the scripture which says that cast your cares unto the Lord for he cares for you. I love one of the translations says, cast your cares to the Lord, releasing the weight of it. Now sometimes I think that we cast our care, but we kind of want to keep the weight of it. But God is looking, will you really entrust the weight of that burden to him and give it to the Lord in prayer? Maybe you're worried about how are you gonna pay for the next uh, you know, the next semester of tuition for your kids. How are you gonna do that? Well, I wanna tell you, the Bible is calling upon you to pray about it. It might be a very real issue. Maybe you do not have the finances to make that next payment for that next trimester or semester, whatever, but you can give it to God in prayer and that invites God to work in your situation. And so the only way we can truly avoid becoming anxious is if you and I will give it to God in prayer. And you know what? The moment you give it to God in prayer, you are inviting him to be involved in the situation. If you're not praying about something that's bothering you, you're not inviting his help. But when you're praying, you're inviting God and I've discovered that God loves being involved in our lives. He wants to be involved. He wants you to be dependent. He wants you to be looking to him. So come on, child of God, invite him. Invite him into that situation. Invite him into that worry, into that care. And there's a hymn which uh, was written so many years ago. And it says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And so we've got to understand part of this life of rejoicing in the Lord is a life of giving things to God in prayer. And by the way, you see in Paul's life, and Paul wrote this, you see how Paul time and time again, he was praying for the Corinthian church. He was praying for the Philippians. He was praying for the church at Colossae. He was praying, he was praying, he was praying. You know what? He was probably worried about some of those churches and worried about some of the negative influence and the people that were coming in and saying, no, you don't just need the grace of God, you must be circumcised as well. He was probably worried, but he was taking his worries and shaping them into prayers. And so Paul understood this part of the praying which helps to, to bring about the freedom that we need to experience in our lives. So I wanna say to you, if you are lying awake at night and you are worried about something, you do need to activate your volition. You need to activate your will and say, okay, God, I've been thinking about this for about 20 minutes now. This is ridiculous. So now I'm giving it to you. It might be you're praying for your grandkids. It might be your little, your little child in crash who's not socially integrated and you're worried about this and so on and you give it to the Lord in prayer and the Lord steps in. And you know what? I believe that God wants to be involved, so let us pray. And then the last thing, which I'll just mention briefly, is that God's peace is able to fully protect your heart and mind. Now, when we think of peace, I think we think of something soft and squishy and so on, but I also wanna say that God's peace is a powerful shield 
I'll get to that in a moment. But what's beautiful about this part of our heart and mind being protected is that in this part, we don't have to do anything. This is the part where God steps in and his promise comes to bear and we get this protection of peace. But in verse seven, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will God, please say the word God, will God your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, if you wanna enjoy the promise that has been spoken about in this verse, where God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, there are just two criteria, rejoicing and praying. <laughs> it's actually not that difficult. What do we need to be doing? We need to be rejoicing and we need to be praying. And then God says, and then supernatural peace will come and settle you down and bring order into your space, into your emotions, etc. And I believe it's interesting that term God is actually a military term because this means that God will literally defend and safeguard your mind. This is very powerful. Do you realize that God's peace is a powerful you know, dome, if I can put it that way. I think of uh, Israel, and they've got this special weapons dome. What's its name? The Iron Dome. So the Palestinians can fire so many rockets and basically they don't get through because God has supernaturally blessed his people, the Jewish people. There's this iron dome constantly protecting them. And it's almost like that's what the peace of God does. It becomes the iron dome when the enemy is trying to fire his missiles at you. God is supernaturally God in you. You can get excited about that. Amen. And listen to what the Amplified Bible says. It says, of this verse seven, it says, and God's peace, which transcends all understanding, shall, here comes the military term, garrison and mount God over your hearts and minds. The Iron Dome, there it is. Let me say it again. God's peace shall garrison and mount God over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And you know why? You know why this is necessary? Because sometimes it's so difficult to stop the bombardment of thoughts that are coming against you. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes there's a bombardment of thoughts against you. And that's why you're just rejoicing in God and you are praying and the Lord says, okay, your heart and mind is in the right place. I set up that iron dome and I shoot and I fire against those rockets of the enemy and I give you victory in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Stand with me, would you please? Oh, Lord, we wanna thank you for your presence here today. I believe, Lord, that there has no doubt been the life of God in this place. And Lord, we just wanna declare that we will respond to your word in Jesus' name. We declare that we take it seriously to be rejoicing in you. We take it seriously, Lord, that we will be praying about the things that weigh on our hearts and minds. But we also take your promise seriously, Lord. Your promise, which says that you will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And so we thank you, Lord, right now for the peace of God, which transcends understanding, settling upon us in Jesus' name. Bring in peace. 
And we just say, we love you, Jesus. Would you just say, I love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. And Lord, we just, as we gathered here and as we're closing now in prayer, we wanna pray, oh God, for the rest of this week of meetings, that these would indeed continue to be very, very special times. We ask you, Lord, that more and more we would see revival over these next few days. Revive our hearts. Revive the hearts of men and women. Revive the hearts of those that will be here physically. Revive hearts of those that will be watching in the name of Jesus. But we just declare, Lord, that Choose Life Church is open to an outpouring of your spirit, to revival, moved by your spirit. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Awesome.